0: We are the New York Knicks! We are the New York Knicks! Say go New York, go New York, go! Go New York, go New York, go! Say go New York, go New York, go! Go New York, go New York, go! go. We're back on track, on the floor, scoring more 94, and the Knicks are hard. I'll tell you like this, we ain't never looked sharp Hubert. We're now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts,
1: Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. And preseason tips off tomorrow. The Knicks play the Brooklyn Nets, so it's finally that time where we have basketball. Uh, training camp's been going on. and as we mentioned in uh, previous episodes, we were gonna start talking about some of these these battles, position battles in, in camp. Um, and that's what the show is going to be featured around today. So first up, we have the point guard situation. right now, the Knicks have five point guards on the roster. Um, so we're gonna gonna dig into that, talk about who's going should be or who we think will be the starter. Uh, bench players, and then the odd men out. So Chip, starting with, who do you think will be the Knicks starting point guard uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder when the regular season tips off?
0: Well, I thought it was going to be Ron Baker. This is uh, for sure. I thought it was a lot. Because Hornacek loved him and it just seemed like the natural fit. But Based on like Hornacek's comments on Frank recently, uh, you know, based on like he's talked about Frank's basketball IQ, how Frank has won over the veteran teammate. And, you know, they, they're going off this youth movement and, uh, which is, and which is code for. Uh, developing the young players is the primary objective and winning is the secondary objective. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe their goal is to kind of throw the 19-year-old into the starting lineup right away and see what he can do, especially like pretty much throwing him into the starting lineup on opening night against Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. We'd really be able to judge what he can do defensively Uh, right away. So this defensive skill that we've heard about, like his defensive versatility and his athleticism, which uh, we haven't actually watched since we haven't seen him play. But uh, I've changed my mind. I think that Frank will be the opening day starter for sure now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's who who I'm going with.
1: Yeah, I, I would say... That I've heard those reports, too. You you see um, Hornacek raving about Neil Aquina. But again, for fans and the media, it's hard because we have not seen him play yet. I know they just had an open practice yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get a look at it. So I'm guessing he was out there practicing, getting ready. Um, so it was kind of the first look. But really, the first time we're going to see him is against Brooklyn. In the preseason. So, you know, we'll get a better idea for it then. I still think Baker is going to be the starting point guard. Would it shock me if he's not? No, because look, the Knicks don't have a point guard on the roster that's necessarily a lock for that starting point guard spot. It's just, there's not one guy that you can sit there and clearly point out as as a starter. It's all up for grabs. Um, This is why it's a, a position battle. And uh, I, right now, I'm leaning towards Ron Baker starting, um, especially because, man, the throw Neil Aquina opening night against Russell Westbrook, that's throwing him into the fire. And that that is something that – that's a tough matchup. That's a really tough matchup to have to face the MVP and Russell Westbrook. Uh, so just because of that – Look, I think Frank is going to be starting at some point this season. It might be even earlier than I first thought. But me personally, I think that Ron Baker will still slightly get the nod. And just because you're starting doesn't mean that you're going to play necessarily bigger minutes than somebody's on the bench. There's there's plenty of cases of that. Guys that come off the bench and are on the floor during crunch uh, crunch time. So, you know, that's what I was
0: just going to yeah. say. Doesn't mean Baker. Like, we don't. That does, that's what I was just going to say. It doesn't mean Baker's going to close out the game yeah. just because he starts.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think really all year, what we're going to see from the Knicks is whoever's got the hot hand at the point guard position. I, I mm-hmm. think whoever is running the show the best and playing defense, because that that's really important, especially at the point guard position, and that's what Hornacek is claiming that we will see. Um little side note, supposedly – that Ramos is not in charge of the defense no more. So why he's still here is beyond me. But, you know, that's something else that can be discussed. But, um, you know, I, I think it's just going to depend on who, who's who's running the show. That That's going to be out there. And I think it's going to be a kind of point guard by committee from the Knicks. Um, but early on, I still give Ron Baker. Uh, it's going to be great to see Neil Aquino finally play tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. And Chip, uh, now, if you, with the five point guards, uh, you know, if you're naming Neil Akina as your starter, I think you believe Ron Baker is, is going to be obviously getting some playing time, regardless if he's a starter or not. But some of these other guards, uh, you have Randall, Jack, and um, uh, Sessions. Which one of you, what of those guys, do you see still being able to chime in and, and get some minutes? Because one thing we know, I don't see the Knicks carrying five point guards and all five point guards getting big minutes or, or sharing minutes or something. So maybe about three of these guys. So who would you say would be the third, third one in that to get minutes?
0: Well, they actually cut Randall. They did. To, uh, yeah, after they traded for Mellow, they needed to cut somebody to make room for Cancer and McDermott. Okay. So I was I was surprised, too, that it was Randall. But, like we talked about on the show before, he played like crafter yeah. in summer league, man. He did. And he proved, like, same thing we said about Baker on the podcast before. He's not a point guard. And, you know, they gave him the keys during summer league and said, can this guy run an offense? And he couldn't run an offense in summer league. Okay. So, and... Um, they brought in Jared Jack, and now they have, they already had four point guards, yeah. and there wasn't really room for him. So they prefer, you know, they preferred Ron Baker. They chose Ron Baker over him last summer when they decided to uh, call him up and they let Randall go to uh, Philadelphia. Uh, and they preferred Ron Baker this year yeah. when they gave Ron Baker the two year deal. So. Uh, Yeah, but as far as Jarrett Jack, because uh, Frank and Baker and Sessions are all on guaranteed deals, you know they're going to be on the team. Uh, But as far as Jarrett Jack, he's competing for a spot on the squad with much younger players. So uh, I I think he can bring a lot to the uh, team. You know, he turns 34 at the end of the month. He's been around. He's been on a lot of teams. He played for the Nets. Nick friends will remember him most as a guy who played for the Nets fairly recently. But uh, we talked about the veteran mentor for Frank. He could be a guy who would help Frank. He could teach him a lot. Um, I'm not sure, considering they also have sessions. yeah. I don't know if another 30-something-year-old point guard makes a lot of sense. But uh, um, especially... A thirty-something-year-old point guard who also isn't a spectacular shooter, uh, like Sessions. He, um, Jack is, I believe, a yeah. He's a thirty-four percent free throw three-point shooter for his career. So, and Baker struggles shooting the ball. Do you really want another point guard who struggle shooting the ball? Yeah. So I think Jack will ultimately get cut, and it'll be Frank and Baker and Sessions. Uh, I think Sessions will see some serious minutes. I do because I think uh, Frank will struggle at the beginning and I think our, I hope maybe it's more wishful thinking, but I hope that Baker will see minutes at the two
1: this year. Yeah. I think that's where he's better suited at.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've talked about that at length yep. and I hope Damian Dotson gets minutes there too. Yep. Cause I like what I saw from him. Uh, and I don't want to go into small
1: forward cause we'll talk about yep. that later. The but. next segment.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I think that Jack will ultimately get cut. But uh, I like Sessions uh, as an as an option. But uh, I think Sessions will probably develop into the uh, the backup point guard. That's why they brought him in. And like I said, I hope that Baker gets more minutes at the two because he's not a point guard. So.
1: Yeah, and I will apologize that I said five point guards and not. I didn't know Randall was cut. I, I admit I've yeah. been living under a rock this past week because uh, we did that podcast on the day of Melo's trade on Saturday. That's last week's episode. Um, and Sunday, Chip, I woke up with the stomach bug, so it took me about a week to uh, so recover. You had a
0: good reason. Yeah. yeah so you had a
1: good reason. <laughs> I have not been on top of things, so you, I'm relying heavily on you. For those kind of news right <laughs> now, apparently, because I didn't know Randall was uh, was cut. So, you know, that's yeah, certainly... It was a bit
0: of a shocking move. It was yeah. A bit of a shocking move. Yeah,
1: I figured he would get his chance in preseason. It was a bad summer league, as uh, we talked about. And, uh, you know, because of that, I guess the Knicks decided that, like, that was his opportunity. And he didn't run with it. So... You know they were gonna. They know they're not carrying five point guards. You might as well get rid of one. You kind of already took a look at Randall. I will say with Jack being and they like Jared Jack. Yeah, they like Jared Jack. That, that's what it means to me. I think they like him more than a, a younger Randall. Um, mm-hmm. So they're going to give Jack an opportunity to fight for a spot. And now that Randall is gone, it's certainly down to Sessions and Jack. And I agree with you. I I, I don't see Jack. Getting a spot on the team, um, especially if you're going younger. You already have another veteran guard, Sessions. He was brought in to be a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe it's – sometimes these situations can kind of work themselves out. You don't know if there's an injury or something. So it's worth keeping another veteran around uh, like Jack just in case what well, something happens to Sessions. And we know Jack has been injury-prone himself, so – what insurance? I think the Knicks that third point guard is the 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 guy that is mentoring Baker and more importantly Neal Akina. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Sessions to get that third spot. And if it is, if Sessions or even if it is Jack, do you see that third point guard getting double digit minutes, or do you see them you know kind of sporadically playing?
0: Yeah, I do think I think they could uh, get double-digit minutes because I don't think there's any guarantees outside of Porzingis, mm-hmm. and I guess Hardaway too. But uh, because of his contract, contract yeah. and we saw we saw a pretty good season for him last year. But if he struggles, I mean, Hornacek has shown that he has the uh, ability to show a quick hook. I mean, he did a, he benched Sheriff Rose in the fourth quarter last mm-hmm. year. So, if he can bench Derek Rose, he'll bench Tim Hardaway. Yep. Uh, but for Zingas, I think, is really the only solid guarantee in the rotation. Uh, Hernan Gomez showed a lot last year, but he also showed that he's a defensive liability. And uh, Inez Cantor, also a defensive liability, yeah. <laughs> significant. But uh, I think he will be uh, relied upon uh, just as much as Hernan Gomez this year. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, there's a, like I said, there's a lot of uncertainty in this yep. rotation. <laughs> and it, there's a lot of decisions for Jeff Wernicke to make.
1: Yeah, and that's something, again, that when you actually see these guys in the game situations, sometimes these just find a way of, you know, putting themselves into place. Uh, guys play themselves out of a rotation, play themselves into a rotation. So time will only tell. And that's why tomorrow is just so exciting to see the Knicks back in action so we can start getting some question or, or some answers to these questions. But we're going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, we'll be looking at the small forward positions for the Knicks. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY, and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up-to-date to all the New York sport news. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, and we're moving on through the position battles that are being seen in camp, and now we're moving on to the small forward battle, and it's down about, with Kamala Anthony out of the picture now. It's down between Lance Thomas and Michael Beasley, and as you mentioned, Chip, Dotson can see some minutes as a small forward as well. But with that position battle, which guy do you think is going to be the starting small forward?
0: I think the starting small forward, for a short time at least, is going to be Courtney Lee. Because this lineup is going to struggle on defense. And Lee is the best defender out of all the options. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is and Hornacek likes to play a lot of small ball, and he likes to run a lot, and accordingly, accordingly, will will play well there. And he's a three point shooter, and I think he's going to look forward to that. And the reason I say for a short time is because I think eventually he will be traded. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to have a thirty two year old player on a rebuilding team. Uh, so when he does get traded, I, I don't know who's going to be starter. Maybe Michael Beasley, maybe Doug McDermott. Doesn't really matter. At the actual, by the time he gets traded, they'll probably be 15 games under 500 or something. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it'll be Courtney Lee. Uh, maybe a trick, strange to say this, but it could be trying to keep up the illusion that they're attempting to win by starting <laughs> Courtney Lee. <laughs> yeah. So you
1: don't but, think uh, you don't think Lance Thomas is in the running for the starting small forward spot?
0: You no, know, because I still don't think he's uh, he's probably still a little banged up, so they probably don't want to play him right away uh, too many minutes. And I think it's I think Jeff Hornacek really likes small ball, and he wants to try something different. And something different would be playing Courtney Lee at the three and. Mm-hmm. Lance Thomas at the three is an experiment that they tried for the last three years uh, as a starter, and I don't think Lance Thomas is a starter. Yeah. So I think I'm a big Lance Thomas fan as a role player coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Doug McDermott as a role player coming off the bench, and Michael Beasley as a role player coming off the bench. But uh, I like Michael Beasley as a stretch four with Christoph Porzingis playing the five. Uh, and I like Doug McDermott as a role player, but I like him as a small forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think uh, Doug McDermott is so bad defensively, I don't want him in my starting line. <laughs> and uh, I don't want Michael Beasley as a three in my starting line. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Courtney Lee makes the most sense to me.
1: You know, it's not crazy. It's, it's not. Because today yeah. uh, I was thinking of, you know, what we'll be talking about on the show. And uh, I I was thinking, well, with Tim Hardaway Jr. there, you know they're going to start him at shooting guard because you don't pay somebody $17 million a year to be on the bench. You don't do it. Yeah. Uh, So I think it's one of those things where you're kind of forced to start Tim Hardaway Jr. And you're thinking, well, what about Courtney Lee? Because he did such a terrific job last year that's a possible possibility of a way of keeping him in as a starter. Um, So it's not crazy. It's not crazy at all to think that Courtney Lee um, would be the starting small forward. I didn't think about it myself actually, until you brought it up. So um, yeah, I think it does make, make sense. Um, I do think though that Courtney Lee has came off the bench some in his career. So he's, he's, able to do that if needed um and, and for the lance thomas and, and mcdermott and uh beasley those guys bunched up right there if i had to pick i know thomas has been banged up i know last year as we talked about on the show before that it was supposed to be uh, uh, they wanted to see him take a big step and it was just an injury riddled season and he kind of he looked pretty bad Because he never can get into a rhythm due to all the injuries. He was just missing time. Um, But if he is healthy, he's a really solid defender himself. Uh, So I, I think because of that, and he is a true small forward, he could be penciled in as a starter. Again, this could be another situation that just because he's starting doesn't mean that he'll be out there in the fourth quarter. It's just the start. So, I do think that Lance Thomas has a pretty good chance. Um, Something that we were talking about uh, right before we started this segment was Michael Beasley and the awfully, awfully broad comments that he's recently made. Uh, He's been talking a lot lately. He's been talking about how he's not the same person and that he's matured and he's, he's grown and all this stuff. And then made the comments that he can be right up there with Kevin Durant, LeBron James. He can compete with them. This is what he said. So I mean that that's a big big statement and if you're going to say that, you got to be able to back it up. And if he can back it up and he's playing like LeBron or Durant, obviously he'll be in the starting lineup even if his defense is an issue because if he's putting up the offensive production like those two guys I just mentioned, you don't care about the defense as much. You keep him out there. Um, that would be the only way I can see Beasley being a starter is if he finds his inner LeBron and Durant. But I thought that was a, a little crazy of him to say, Chip, when, when you saw those comments, what, what did you think when – he was talking about he can be like those guys. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when I read it when he, was he said he
0: was like on the talent level of Kevin Durant or LeBron James or whatever. But that's, those are the things he says. And mm-hmm. look, I get it. He's on a one year deal. He's making the most out of his time in New York. He's trying to get his name out there and get as many people to hear about him as he can. Well, he's still here. He knows he's, most likely, only going to be here for one year, so he wants to get the word out there. Yep. And he's uh, he's playing for a three or four year deal next year. Yep. So he's going to try and put. He's going to take. He's going to take a lot of shots, and he's going to talk all year long. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of things said like this throughout the course of the season. Is what I'm thinking.
1: And I also think it's first time in a while that. Beasley's actually going to have a chance to get a lot of playing time, touch the ball a lot. Because if you think about it, a lot of the teams that he's been buried on, he's played with. LeBron James in Miami a few times, uh, Milwaukee, uh, and with the Greek Freak, you know, he gets buried. With the Knicks, it's a roster where these players that are on it, they don't get an opportunity to show what they can do because the Knicks are not that deep. They're not. They're developing. Um, so it is a big opportunity for Michael Beasley. And uh, kind of shifting gears, something that you mentioned in the, the first segment a little bit about Damian Dotson. Now, Dotson is drafted as a shooting guard, but because of Courtney Lee that's going to take some minutes there, obviously Tim Hardaway Jr., a way to get Dotson some di- minutes could be from playing small forward. He's a six foot six. Um, wingspan of 68 you know i mentioned his vertical leap is like 38 so and he's a, he's also a pretty solid defender is what the scouting report on him was in, in coming into the draft and that's interesting i could be a guy that can fill in some minutes at the small forward as you mentioned chip but i'm gonna ask you do you think that's something that he, he can do or, or do you see that happening him getting minutes as a small forward? I think it's something he can do. I mean, he he is six
0: six. He's big. He's like I mean, I just said Courtney Lee can start at the small board, and Dotson's bigger than Courtney Lee. Mm-hmm. So the way that offense works, yeah, I think Dotson can play the three, and Dotson's spot up shooter, and he works well in that offense. I think. Look, this is the NBA in twenty seventeen. Mm-hmm. Positions. Positions are becoming less and less relevant. Yep. I mean, you know, as long as you've got one big guy on the court, it's not really, not really uh, a nightmare as to how uh, You don't really need power forward, center, shooting guard, small forward, point guard. Yep. I mean, as long as you got your one big guy out there. So I feel like as long as we got KP out there, he's such a great rim protector. And he's a pretty good rebounder, so uh, I feel like as long as he's out there, uh, like I mentioned Michael Beasley playing before, um, we're pretty good. We only really need the one, the seven foot two uniform, as long as he's on the court, <laughs> we're pretty good in this NBA. Yeah,
1: and I think you made another great point that positions really do not matter as much as they want. Um, an example of that is the Greek freak in Milwaukee. He's like 6'10", playing mm-hmm. point guard. Um You know LeBron James runs the point sometimes, uh, probably a little less now that he had Kyrie, and you'll have Derrick Rose and Isaiah Thomas now. Um, But yeah, you know I I certainly think Dotson could be an option as a small forward. I I want the Knicks to find ways to get him in, as I mentioned as a Knicks draft am Very, very intrigued by that pick, and I want to see him. Get minutes and develop, and I thought he was very impressive in the summer league. So I think one of those tough things for Hornacek that he's going to have to find is find minutes for this guy to let him get an opportunity to develop. I hope he's not somebody that gets you know kind of down in the G League, gets a lot of playing time there, and then you know sits the bench when he's up with the Knicks. I want to see him get some NBA action to see how he can do, and moving him to the small forward could be something that you know, find a way to get them minutes Because, again, I don't think that's another position where you can look at the Knicks roster and say, oh, that's a pinpoint guy. And as you mentioned, really, nobody is besides Przingis. That's the only guy that you can say is the clear-cut starter from this. So there's so many uh, question marks, which really makes this whole training camp and preseason pretty intriguing for the Knicks to see how all of it will work out. But with that being said, we are going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, we'll be wrapping up the show with the center position and the training camp battle. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host
0: of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work,
1: you can find me on Twitter at at @ChipperMurphy. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. So as we mentioned, we're going to be discussing the position battle of The center position, and Chip, you just said you kind of feel like it's a two-man race. It's between Heron Gomez and Cantor. This is a tricky one because, you know, Cantor is probably the more developed offensive player. Is probably the worst defender in the league, though. Heron Gomez is also a terrible defender and is still developing his offensive game and showed promise last year. So, out of those two guys, because we know Przingis is going to be starting as power forward, um, at times Przingis could be playing the the center, could open the floor for guys like O'Quinn to get a few minutes at the power forward position, uh, Kaminskas as well, um, and a, another small forward guy that we didn't really talk about in the last segment. But um, with also this a guy,
0: whose I think is a whose I think is a stretch four,
1: yeah, too. yeah, because yeah. he's he's not going to be able to really with the physicality of some of these power forwards, you don't have a really yeah. a chance. Um, but that's a guy that will be in the mix of this. But with the center battle with uh, Heron Gomez and Cantor, two terrible defending players, Which one and, and Noah as well, um, but which one of these guys do you think are going to get the nod at the starting center position?
0: Well, you mentioned it's tricky, and it's tricky for another reason, because Cantor and Hernan Gomez, in my opinion, are both best suited off the bench. Mm-hmm. I don't think either one is a starter. Like, you look at OKC and uh, uh, Cancer's last few years in OKC, and he played uh, hundred and over 150 games there his last two years, and uh, he only started in one of them. So he became, and that's when he had two excellent years, and uh <clears throat> And uh they were both coming off the bench, you know. So I think because you mentioned his defensive liabilities, which are well documented, if you wanna if you wanna see them, just type in Ines Cantor's defense on YouTube. Yep. You can it's, see it. Yeah. You could see him get toasted by on numerous occasions. Yeah. It's a good line. But uh yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. But uh it's also important to point out he's one of the best rebounders mm-hmm. on uh, particularly on offense in the NBA. He'll be a huge help there. He's a great offensive rebounder. But, yeah, like I said, they are both, Hernan Gomez and Cantor, both best suited to come off the bench. Hernan Gomez, when he was moved into the starting lineup last year, he was exposed on defense as well. He was just awful. And I don't think he's a good fit next to poor Zingas. But because... Uh, I think Hernan Gomez is uh, going to be on the team long-term. I think it's important that he starts and at least tries to develop some sort of chemistry on the court with Porzingis, and I know it's weird to say that because they're like really close friends, Mm -hmm. but they just, defensively, they looked awful playing next to each other last year. I mean, and you want to see, because... I don't think that's the starting front court of the future, but you just want to see if they can be on the court together defensively in the long term. Because Kent not going to be there in the long term, and Hernan Gomez is, and also like uh, Cantor is just an absolute weapon off the bench offensively too. So I I think Hernan Gomez is the right move to start, and I think he will
1: be a starter because of the familiarity with Porzingis. Well, let me ask you, because I, I mentioned Noah. If you think these guys, and I kind of agree with you, I think both are better suited for coming off the bench. Do you think it is possible, and I know Noah's suspended for, I think, 10 games uh, to start the season. Yeah, 10 or, it might be 12. I think it's yeah, 12. 10 or 12, 12. games. Do you think it's possible, though, that, again, because you start, doesn't necessarily mean you're playing the big minutes? Do you think? Yes. Do you think it's possible that Noah could be the starting center, get, you know, the first 12, 15 minutes out of him, and then you, you have Heron and Gomez and Cantor mixed in? Do you think that's a possibility or no? You, you think it's either going to be Heron Gomez or, or Cantor, which you think Heron Gomez would be the guy?
0: God, I – you know, it's funny you mention that because we talked about uh, Herne, uh, Hornacek's comments on Frank earlier. He also commented on Noah uh, a couple days ago at training camp talking about how he was shocked at how good, jokey Noah looked. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just got me thinking, like, he's not actually... He was, like, saying he's happy with the way way Noah was playing or whatever. And uh, it just got me thinking, like, he's not actually going to put this guy right back into the starting lineup, is he? (laughs) I mean just because based on his contract and name alone, that would be so crazy. Yeah, I mean, he is, in my opinion, with the addition of Cantor, I think he's the fourth best center on the team after the way he played last year. I would put O'Quinn ahead of him. So, yeah, no, I I like, I I don't know. I'm just about to say Perry him at the end of the bench but maybe that's a little too strong. Yeah. You probably want to give him another shot in the rotation.
1: Yeah, I think it's and also
0: it. you don't want to take you don't wanna take minutes away from anybody else and you don't want to take minutes away from O'Quinn because this is the last year of his deal and you wanna trade him before the trade deadline gets up front. Yeah. So you want teams to see O'Quinn, you know?
1: Yeah uh, and that's a good point. That's a, I was going to feed off of, but you can go ahead to finish your point. No, no,
0: that's all I was going to say. But
1: yeah, I was I was going to just say that as you were going, a Quinn is a guy that because the Knicks are trying to find picks that that's their whole purpose right now. They're trying to restock through the draft, finally, which I'm so happy that they're actually doing and putting an emphasis on rebuilding through the draft. So you know, as you talked about it, Courtney Lee could be a guy that would be on the go. Um Kyle O'Quinn, as you were mentioning that, that's a good point that you don't want to take too many minutes away from O'Quinn. You want to show the value that he has so that way you can get another pick, keep loading up uh, in the upcoming draft or another future draft. Um, Now, with Noah, I will say this. Am I claiming... And we'll be talking more specifically about players' roles uh in probably the preview episode which we're shooting for next week for the you know upcoming season. But so I don't want to give too much away, but I think Noah he, he might be a little frustrated or or motivated is a better word to to use because you know, this yeah, guy chip on the
0: shoulder. Yeah. Chip the, the chip shoulder, on the shoulder,
1: sure. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that would be the correct term to use for that. Um He had such a—it was a terrible year. I mean, everything that could go wrong did go wrong for him. Um, So it's embarrassing, and I think he is a little embarrassed. So uh, you never know. That could be a wake-up call. No, is Joaquin Noah the same guy that he was five years ago? No, that's not what I'm claiming. But sometimes with these situations, you find that these players have a little bit more motivation. So if Noah does look as good as Hornacek is saying— I think it is a possibility that he can be just the uh, starting center. Uh, We've seen the Knicks do this before uh, in the past with their starting centers. They're not really always out there. Robin Lopez, a few years ago, started basically every game, but didn't always finish the games. Uh, And there's been other examples of that. And if you're looking for better defense, Noah is the better defender than Cantor and uh, Heron Gomez. But... In the end, though, Chip, I'm, I'm with you. I think it makes more sense to continue to try to find the, uh, I guess, can't, or not can't excuse me, Her and Gomez and Perzingis to get them to work together defensively. They're best friends. They have that chemistry there. Um, but they've struggled defensively, really Her and Gomez, which put a lot on Perzingis because, I mean, he had to try to protect everybody that was inside the lane and it just didn't work out. So I think you want to continue to try to get them to start clicking defensively and, and being a force in the paint. So Heron Gomez is a guy that I think would be starting. Uh, another possibility, if Cantor and Heron Gomez do struggle defensively, is it? do you think it's a possibility that Perzingis could eventually be moved to the starting center spot? And then maybe somebody else can get the power forward uh, starting nod like O'Quinn or you know, even you know, Beasley possibly. Um, do you think that's an option that Brzegis could be starting at center? It's
0: definitely an option because Gordon Cech has gone out of his way multiple times to mention how the team needs to improve on defense. So if they really struggle on defense and if Cancer and Hernan Gomez are a part of the problem. I could see them both or whichever one is starting uh, getting benched. And we know Porzingis isn't going to be a part of the problem because he is one of their better defenders for uh, his two years in the league. So yeah, I think they could do a dramatic switch like that and finally <laughs> appease the fans by moving KP to five. And yeah, I think you mentioned Beasley. I talked about him earlier being a stretch four. I think he would be a guy you could move into that role. I think, uh, Kuz would be a guy they could move into that role. Uh, even if they want to play Doug McDermott at the stretch four, they could play him there. Uh, it, it's, a it's an interesting spot. If, look, I know you spoke about Lance Thomas earlier. They do love Lance Thomas. Uh, he, Lance Thomas can guard fours. So, he would be an interesting fit there. Uh, yeah, uh, I could see them doing that because Gornacek is very focused on improving the defense. And ultimately, I think whether Hernan Gomez or Cantor is playing the five, they are going to struggle a lot to protect the paint. Yeah. And they're going to give up a lot of points in there.
1: Yeah, so again, this is finally good that the season is tipping off. Again, that is tomorrow. So, Knicks fans, get ready because the Knicks are back this season and these questions because, again, all we can still do at this point is continue to kind of speculate of what we think will be the starting rotation and really the rotation in general, uh, guys that will be getting minutes off the bench. Um, so we'll get a better taste for that in the next upcoming week, really, with all these preseason games that are scheduled. And um, it's finally going to be nice to get these answers But that's all the time we have for today's show. We will be back next week. Again, we'll be looking at the upcoming season as a whole. Obviously, we'll be talking about the Knicks, but really the whole NBA, kind of like what we did with the draft right before the draft. So next week's episode would be more of a season preview for really the entire NBA. So we'll be back next week for that.